This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. I'm excited to be with you today uh, for a couple reasons. One, um, this is the very first episode of Season 2 of the Knicks Film School Podcast. And if you're asking me um, or wondering what decides um, when is the end of Season 1 and what's the beginning of uh, Season 2... I decided about 10 minutes ago, um, because why the fuck not? Um, second, uh, I'm excited because I said to myself, uh, as I was looking at things over the summer and where I wanted to go with the podcast in the year ahead, that I really wanted to find an effort to, uh, get some more Nick's content creators, um, on the show because there's so much good stuff being made out there. Um, so I figured why not kick off season two? With the two people who I think, uh, I would argue, are doing the most creative stuff out there. And just in terms of putting out things that are different, but also um, not schlocky and are actually good. And that is the, well, I can't say the one and only because there's two of you. How am I going to introduce you? All right, the two and only, uh, Terry and Trey. Terry and Trey, how are you guys? What's up, guys? What's we up? Good. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're, um, I thank you for the praise. You know, it's something we prided ourselves on on the channel, just having fun. Um, and Nick, you know, we, there's so many amazing Nick's content creators out there. We're kind of glad we found our own little niche in that crowded world. We're kind of having fun and being a little bit silly. And sometimes we get sometimes we get comments on that. They're like, "Oh, why do you guys stick to original Nick's content?" And I'm like, "Well, everyone else does that, so we're doing something a little bit different." So. Uh, this is why this is why I should actually plan out shows ahead of time and like send it to my guests because I this what you guys just brought up is something I was gonna save for like the meat of the show but you brought it up so let's just get to it now no it's fine you could it's screw up what I'm doing it's it's totally fine um you so here I'll, I'll preface this by saying I feel like everybody out there who produces Nick's content um falls into one of like two camps there are the people that are like and let me i'll, I'll add a, another caveat like nick's fans who also produce content whether it's exclusively nick's content or they are maybe you know bigger media people and they produce nba content but they also happen to talk about the Knicks sometimes i feel like they fall into one of two camps there's the camp of people who are like they embrace the lol nick's you know stuff like fully to the point of like 
Like I know that um, I'm I'm the fat kid in the group, and everybody's making fun of me for being the fat kid. But I'm just gonna laugh along because um, I just want to be able to hang out with the cool kids. And then there's the other side who are the people that get really mad at those people and like, ah, you're sellouts. And like, they'll acknowledge the Knicks when they screw up, but they'll also like vigorously defend the Knicks. And I'm I'm kind of in that group, but I, I don't know. Um, you guys somehow, and I don't know if it was a conscious choice of yours, but you guys are above the fray. But you're above the fray in a way that like, it's not like what you put out isn't like it's not milk toast. It's not boring. It's actually it's like genuinely enjoyable. You make fun of the team when it's warranted, but you also stick up for the team when it's warranted. But you like you're just like you said, you're having fun with it. Like how did you how did you come about deciding like this is what we want to put out? Well, uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because about a year ago, a year and change ago, um, you know, my mom and I. We've been Knicks fans for a long time. I've been diehard for super long, but she's always followed along. What's a, couple- give us some context. What's a, what's a long time for you? <laughs> so, so, so a long time. I think I want to say that Terrence is actually a fan of the New York Knicks through his grandfather. His okay. grandfather was a big New York Knicks fan. Um, he's passed away since, and we actually never got to take him to a game, which was really sad for us. But Terrence lived, grew up in the Caribbean and always followed basketball, always followed the Knicks, was always up here for the summers and the winters. Um, went to a Knicks game very early. I like it. My um, first game was 1996 uh, Wizards-Knicks, and I got to meet Chris Childs in the back. We actually have a picture, wow. have a picture of it. Um, nice. We have a picture of it. So I kind of became a Knicks fan kind of from meeting some of the Knicks players. I worked, I think I mentioned before, maybe in one of the shows, but I did work at this restaurant in the Upper West Side back in the 90s as a waitress and um, all the Knicks, and it wasn't a sports bar, it was just a soul food restaurant. All the Knicks players would come into the restaurant after their game. And sometimes the opposing team would also come into the, into the uh, restaurant. So I kind of got to meet these guys. So we would watch the game on TV on the small TV we had up in the corner of the bar. And then these guys would come in and this, we're talking 90, the nineties Knicks. So we're talking about Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley and these guys so I kind of started seeing these guys and then kind of started following the game as well as a result of that. So I would say back in the 90s. And this was as uh, as Terry was kind of falling in love with the game as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I, I would definitely say like in the 2000s, I kind of fell off and wasn't really following them that closely. I would watch Terrence going through... I can't uh, imagine why. How, how dare you? I, yeah, I, I would I would watch him go heartache after heartache, and I would watch some of the games with him, and I would kind of make fun of him sometimes, but I was always still supporting them okay. because I lived here, because I knew the team, and it's our home team. So yeah. I was never, ever going to support another team. Right, and then so a year ago, you know, I would say for the last three years, my mom has really come on as a super diehard. We've been going to like 10, 11 games a year, talking about it constantly. And a year ago, she wait, just wait, said, wait, wait, hold on. What what got you back three years uh, ago? Like what what, what it renewed the interest? No, oh, it yeah. could be KP. I hate to say <laughs> it. No, it no. Could... I listen. I assumed it was KP. It's totally yeah. fine. Because I'll say this. Uh, you uh, know, we, I was like when Mello was playing, we were watching a little bit of that. That's true. We because went we to some games then. Yeah, we went to that playoff series. Um, no, no, last Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler that year, the yeah. 2012-13 year. Okay. You know, but KP, I think KP solidified something because it was the first time I can really feel real hope for a long-term plan of future. So, you know, she sees KP. Um, we start going to games a lot more. And then a year ago, we decided, you know, we're talking about it constantly. And I have her background as a reporter. So I know video editing and things like that. And she said, why don't we just film this? 
And knowing me, once we started filming, I couldn't just film it. I had to edit. I had to do more. <laughs> and it just kind of developed from there really organically. So it's why we still have so much fun doing it, because it really is just a passion of pleasure for us. It's it's amazing because um, I, I feel like the the biggest struggle I, I well just speaking from personal experience like the biggest struggle when you're when you're trying to put out stuff and and gain a following is to um i want to say find an authentic voice and I, I i mean that both literally and and figuratively whether you're writing whether you're putting together videos um and for i first you, you guys first came on my radar um let's see it was actually I'll tell you exactly when. It was the video you guys put out when you went up to the practice facility, and I think you you met KP, right? Yeah, we yeah. sure did. <laughs> I know. H- happier times back then. We but met that out. was like a year ago, right? About more or less. Uh, a little bit more than a year ago. About, about a, yeah, it was like the, you know what it was. It was right. It was a little bit right after training, beginning of the season, right after training camp. So yeah. about a year ago, yeah. So and yeah, we got a. I mean, we got a cool opportunity. We're a season ticket holder, so you know there are perks that come with that. And we had such a great time there. You know, Ennis Cantor, who I can't stand, but he told me I look like Kyrie Irving. So we had like a fun back and forth. But we, Wait, I he think... told you you look like Kyrie Irving? Yeah. yeah he's oh, straight please, up tell me, please tell me you responded with, what do y'all think? We look all the same? Is that it? Is that what you... <laughs> I should have pulled the card, right? You should have <laughs> absolutely pulled that card. That Mills and Scott Perry were right behind me. <laughs> Ennis, points, Ennis points to them and says, hey, this guy looks like Kyrie Irving. So I turned around and said, hey, guys, I'll take a max deal anytime. <laughs> so it, it was a fun little exchange. But you know, overall, fun. we really just try to have fun. I think for us, we want to bring that fan experience, not just mindless fun. You know, we have analysis. We do have our own thoughts about the game. But it's really like, let's bring this fun fan experience. So if you're not in New York, if you're abroad, if you're in another part of the country, you can kind of live vicariously through what we're doing as Knicks fans. And, and I... I want to get to some some of your next thoughts in a second, but the just the the thing that I wanted to to say is that for, like when I saw that video and then I started like watching other stuff you guys would would put out, it seems like you had been doing this forever. Like it didn't it seem well. I mean, maybe that's because you're your mother and son, and they're they're you know you guys obviously have a, a rapport. But I don't know. It was just very authentic from the get go, um, which leads me to something else. And this is a confession. And, and after this, we'll get to talking about the actual team for a little bit um i did not realize that you guys were mother and son (laughs) so most people don't i'm I'm, I'm gonna be honest we we do hang out a lot we spend a lot of time together we definitely i feel like our relationship is a lot more like a brother and sister relationship well that's what i thought you guys were and it's my question (laughs) of course all the time it has much less to do with how you guys are, because I like I like pal around with my mom. You know, I'm good good Italian boy. Um, you gotta you gotta show love and respect <laughs> to, to the mom. Um, but I, I I don't know how else to say this. Uh, Trey, you look like you're about 25. Let me tell you. So so okay. First of all, I'm flattered. Um, I I do know that I look younger than my age, but my mom, who is 74 looks amazing for her age and her spirit is so young and I have to accredit that her energy and just her whole vibe everything about her I have to accredit that I must have some of that from her we also happen to have the exact same birthday so I was her (laughs) birthday present when she turned 25 Um, and um, you know I mean I do I do 
I do try to stay healthy and stay young and energetic. And I think my kids help me to do that, both my son and my daughter. And, you know, because Terry and I hang out all the time, we have obviously, even prior to this, have had to deal with that question so many times where people meet us and we're hanging out and then they think we're a couple, right? And then they think, you know, oh, we're related, and brother and sister. Yeah. And then we have to, so, so many times we've had this conversation where he goes, oh, that's my mom. Or I say, oh, this is my son. But we do it like after about 10, 15 minutes. So then we always get the reaction of like, what? Oh, my God, I can't believe you guys are mother and son. And we have that whole conversation. To be honest, sometimes it gets a little annoying for me. And sometimes I say to him, let's just tell people that we're brother and sister because I'm like, I'm fed up with having to be like, yeah, he's my son. And oh, my God, you look so young. And I guess I shouldn't feel bad about that because that's a compliment, right? Oh, no, you shouldn't feel bad about it. You should feel great about it. You should. Oh, my God. Well, funny enough, even the name of the show, Macri, it kind of ties into that because we, the first show, if if anyone looks back, you can go back, scroll through YouTube. Our first show was called the Mom, Son, Nick Team, right? And we just kind of anticipated every comment being like, no way, is that your mom? I can't believe it. That's your mom, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, you know what? Let's just go with our names. Let's brand it that way. Um, so people come for the content and aren't just, you know, ignoring what we're saying and so shocked that my mom looks so young. No, so. I think I think it's smart um, because I I, I I now looking back, if I, I probably would have got not hung up on that, but I would have focused more on that than what you guys were actually putting out. Um, right. Well, I think the, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the first time I realized was <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but in Vegas, um, you, Terry, you came over from the what was it? The Budweiser like area. oh my, my little special lounge section the little yeah the special lounge where, where you tried to <laughs> you tried to smuggle beer over to us and they were like no you can't do that okay. let me tell you i was trying i that was my whole plan and that was not working at all <laughs> i was very disappointed um but you were like you mentioned like yeah my mom and then i'm like oh that's cool he brought his his mom to, to <laughs> awesome. you looking, you're looking for a third person yeah, <laughs> and i was like I'm, you know i'm like looking for some i'm like looking over at the the budweiser area i'm looking for some old lady um you know and i'm like hey that's me over here yeah no um all right so i mean and look you guys are you're blowing up um i i noticed um see this is my deductive reasoning skills i i looked at your twitter profile today and i saw in like late june you passed 2000 subscribers and then i went today and you're at almost 3000 so it's like clearly you're doing something right um and um yeah, no, I'm looking forward to everything you guys to put out in the year ahead. So speaking of the year ahead, um, I feel like we finally turned the corner where we don't need to look back at last year um, anymore, which I'm – did you guys enjoy last year? Let me actually just ask you that. Did you enjoy last season? You know what's funny? I think expectations were just so low. Um, I can genuinely see – and also a big thing is when you're making content, good or bad, it's, it's, it's exciting because it's either going to be – a meltdown, like what's going on? We're so bad. Yeah, um, you could see me um, a couple of videos last year where I'm just like, oh god, this is horrible, and that's part of the whole thing we're doing. Um, but I think the season, you know, it was our first year as season ticket holders, so that alone made that experience really okay. exciting. Cool. And to even see late in the season, you know, you know how the garden is that Lakers game uh, with Hizonia. You could. Oh, you were that- there. No, we weren't there for that. Oh, one. okay. But, the, but that sentiment in different games where we happen to be close. Uh, the garden's always fun, and the garden itself can make a bad season seem better than it is. That said, I'm not looking forward to that again, <laughs> because <laughs> you can see around March, April, and I think across you know, fans, content creators, there was just this sense of, 
not that like I can't wait for it to be over, but kind of I can't wait for it to be over because it got really bad near the end. But honestly, I think we had a really fun time last season. We had a lot of cool experiences too. We went to London. You know, yeah. we, we really put ourselves out there in terms of doing a lot of fun fan things that we hadn't before. So I think even though we had, you know, 17 wins, that kind of made up for it in some ways. I think the Knicks also, the, the season just remained exciting because there were always, it was always the next thing, big thing that was going to happen. You know, it yeah. was like, it was like, what draft pick are we, what draft pick are we going to get? Are we going to get Zion? Okay, we're not going to get Zion. Now we're in the top three. Who are we going to get now? So I, I feel like even though the season wasn't good for us as a team because we hardly won any games, there were still exciting things happening every which way you turned. You know, I mean, M- M- Mitch still had... And you know, Mitch, yeah. We saw a lot of growth from Mitch. We saw Kevin Knox stepping up. You know, um, so, 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 to, so to me, and then I think also being, like you said, our first season... There was still, there's always stuff. It's the Knicks. It's, it's, the, that's it's, it's thing. New York. It's New York. So, like, there was all, even the KP stuff, there was always going to be a headline. <laughs> there's all, let, let's put it this way there's always going to be content for us to talk about. Even in the shittiest season ever, <laughs> there's no content for us to talk about. I like hearing you curse. I can get used yeah. to this. Oh, let me, so let me tell you, so Jonathan, I actually have a really, really bad potty mouth. No. And you, so you, you would you would not believe so much so to the point where Terry has had to sometimes tell me even in regular conversation with people, yo, mom, you kind of got to like, you know, chill, like, mom. like chill, like you curse too much. So so funny enough for the show and we've made the, P, the show PG-13, I have made a huge effort to not curse that much. And I think that's now translated into my regular conversation. Well, my <laughs> I, my I daughter tried- said uh, my daughter said the F word for the first time the other what? day. <laughs> um, and she, it was like she was like playing with her her uh, like blocks. We were like building something, and yeah. just out of the blue, she's just like, "Fuck, daddy!" Um, <laughs> no, just well, like that. It's like, did, fuck. Did, something, did something fall or something happen? That no, she said- it was just she was like putting a yellow block on top of a green block, and it was like she looked at me and she said, "Fuck, daddy." Um, not f- like fuck you, but just like just fuck. Right. Um, so that was the moment where I realized that me and my wife need to curse less. I was gonna say right. Well, yeah. Well, you, what, did, what did your wife have to say about this? Jonathan? Oh, I haven't told. I haven't told her yet. And actually, I don't oh, oh, think. Oh, great! You'll find out on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna. T- she's actually downstairs. I had to. Um, I had to bring my podcast equipment upstairs because. Um, as we were about to start recording, my daughter was having a meltdown because she was insisting on uh, brushing her Ernie doll's uh, teeth that he doesn't have with real toothpaste. And um, <laughs> it was not – It was not, usually I don't mind having her in the background, but it was not the best uh, background noise. So anyway, yeah, my wife will find out when she listens to this. Lovely. Um, we've, we've gone far off the rails. Okay, so let's, let's get back on. Um, the season ahead, um, you just talked about how – there was always exciting stuff last year. What are you guys most excited about? And it could be anything, you know, player, you know, a storyline or just like a theme or anything. What, what are you guys most excited about in the year ahead? I'm just excited that we finally have, um, even though I know they're all short contracts, we have, uh, I don't want to say veteran because I think these guys are like actually at the peak or the right age. They're not super young. They're not even over 26, 27. They're that mid-age where they really want to prove themselves. Okay, yeah. I'm excited to see these young guys. Uh, we always say this, these young guys. But these mid-level guys now play together. I'm excited that we have some scorers on the team. And they're all new pieces. So I actually can't wait to see how they're going to actually play and gel together. So I, 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 I want to see those first few games and see 
how they're going to interact with each other. Trey, are you are you someone that gets? And I ask you this question, and I'm not even sure what my answer would be. So if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Are you someone that will get hung up on, like, let's say, you know, it's a it's a game in November or December, and they, you know, they win, and it's a good win, but like, you know, I, I'm 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 not picking his name be- for any particular reason. Just as an example, like Frank Nilakina plays <laughs> plays three minutes off the bench. Um, and they win because, like, Wayne Ellington has a, a, a scoring streak in the fourth quarter. Are you someone that will, like, enjoy that win less because it didn't come from someone who will, like, you know, quote-unquote is, like, part of the young core or what we want to be the young core? Or are you just someone that could enjoy wins regardless? It's, it's the Knicks. I'm going to enjoy a win however we get it. And if the game is exciting and Wayne Ellington comes off, you know, and is able to kind of finish off the game exciting, I'm going to be excited regardless. I mean, I like yeah, yeah, yes, I want to see, obviously you brought up Frank, and Frank is someone that we actually, you know, we've been supporting him for so long. And we're you guys have support- met him, right? Yeah. So we ha- we, we I, met so, Frank like three times. I, think I, he, I, I think actually he... met, I met Frank first. I went <laughs> oh, to... Oh, Okay, Mom. I went... <laughs> so, yeah, no, so here's what happened. Um, they did a... Lord and Taylor did Men's Night Out. And, you know, me, as the man I am, decided I'm going to go to Men's Night Out. I was, I think I was the only woman there. And so I got to go meet Frank, take a picture with him. And then he's I went, not a man. He's a boy. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but it was, And then I got to go meet the guys from the morning show, um, Chris Canty and uh, Rick DiPietro. Oh, nice. And uh, is, it Rothen- is it Rothenberg? I think, I can't remember the last guy's name. That sounds about I got right. to go meet them. And they actually gave me a ticket to go. They kind of fake let me win, a, win tickets to go to one of the Knicks games. Oh, nice. So, so so we have we met Frank then and then we met Frank. We um, the, the Knicks set it us set it up for us to meet him the last game of the season. We see him outside the the garden. He's in the intro of our show. We're his number one stalker we, at this point. We we no we like with that. all the reasons you like him. But just to get back to your question, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you know, like you said, mom. Uh, we are we want to see the Knicks win now. Long term, and when we're doing analysis and looking at the long term growth, obviously you don't want to see guys like Mitch, Knox, RJ, etc., falling by the wayside long term if vets are just you know playing all the minutes. But definitely early in the season, you know this franchise has been through a lot of hurt. Just seeing wins on the board is going to make such a difference just for our general mental health. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean we've I I tweeted this the other day. We've had three three. 500 seasons since 2000. That is insane. You know, people think Knicks fans have all these high expectations. They want the best of the best. The truth is, if we just had a consistent succeed, Knicks fans would be so happy. Not saying that that's our ceiling, but generally, we just want to see a team that plays hard, competes, and, you know, you can rely on every night. I think last year, as bad as we were, you did see, you know, the beginnings of a team that can still compete i thought fizz did a good job keeping the guys engaged all season long i agree with this upgrade in talent you know i'm actually you know i've had expectations with fizz this season i think between you have like 12 13 rotation guys so to me he's got to find something that works between you know the the the, the multiple groups he could be playing two two things i just thought of as you were talking one i think i think the biggest challenge for the season ahead is going to because i have a funny feeling that um you know, we, we've heard a lot of the talk about how with all these guys, he's like legitimately going to play the guys that most deserve to to play, and not necessarily, um, you know, care about who are the guys who are going to be here long term. I could see a scenario where they start out the season not like above five hundred or anything, but maybe over the first twenty thirty games, 
they're like decent, but it's coming from a lot of the guys that are maybe some of the free agent acquisitions from the summer. Um, and I, I think it could be, I could see it being a real challenge to kind of um, keep the, I want to say the messaging um, positive in terms of like that it still could be part of the long-term plan. But the reason I'm, I'm not going to be worried about that. And I'm, I would, that'd be a great problem to have is I think they will turn more to the young guys towards the end of the year. And I think they will make a trade or two around the deadline. So personally, like, I agree with you guys. I'm not going to care if they win some games. And I think 1000% this, this organization, the franchise, this roster, this coaching staff, they need some positivity, right? Like they need to feel good about themselves. Yeah, I think I think if anything, one thing we might have I don't know, I think Perry's a very pragmatic guy and he does his research. Good word for him. Good word for Perry. Exactly. And if anything, I would say maybe surprise Perry or maybe something he might have learned is for and I said this all season long. We were, you know, we had these plans to get these free agents, but we're looking really bad out there with 17 wins. It's hard, as much as like, you know, the diehard fans are paying attention to how the culture change and every little minute detail of how the Knicks are cleaning up. Yeah. Average free agent out there, they don't care. They might just be looking at the record, knowing the bad stigma around the franchise. And I think Perry, it really hit Perry. If it wasn't in the back of his mind, it hit him even more clearly that we do need to show progress on the court. But that's why I I said during last season, multiple times, and and people got mad at me because Bondi, Steph Bondi of the Daily News made this point, and I agreed with him wholeheartedly. And, like, if you agree with anybody who writes for the news, especially Bondi, you're looked at as, like, you know, what are you doing? But he said... Last season, there was never the plan to win 17, uh, 17 games. This team wanted to go out there and win like 30 games, and obviously they weren't good enough to do so. I completely agree with that. I think Perry wanted last season to be the type of year that they, I I think we're all thinking they will have this year. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the Moody A's, not to pinpoint him I, always, I feel like I always shit on Moody the Moody's and Cantors and, and whoever else and the Hazonias of the world like it didn't it didn't work um you know and there were also some close losses early in the season but um anyway yeah I, I completely agree with you 100% yeah and you know you were talking earlier about you know finding that balance between you know being uh lol Knicks or being a homer one thing I think look I have no I love the Knicks. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I have no problem admitting we've been atrocious for twenty years. <laughs> I have no problem admitting we yeah. make a, we've made a lot of bad decisions. We do dumb things a lot. And I and I understand when a lot of the national you know, there's that whole Nick say Knicks for clicks and of course there's a lot of times reporters are reaching because it's fun to make fun of the Knicks and it gets clicks, etc. But we, you know, we're not going to shake off that stigma until we win. Even if we think it's unfair for 100%. the media to just like we do, we can only control what we can control as a franchise, as an organization. Until we're putting wins on the board, we can't just stick behind, oh, we're the most valuable franchise in the league. Oh, the garden is this, the garden is that. That's all true. But at this point, it's been 20 years. You know, our my, my sister... <laughs> <laughs> will make fun of the Knicks, right? She'll say your actual Knicks- sister, not the person I yeah. thought was your sister. For, yeah. my, my daughter. There you go. Yes. Okay. And the truth is, listen, the truth is, she's nineteen. So she's born in ninety nine. After after we went right. to the everything, the finals, and everything. So in her mind, we've been horrible for nineteen years, and I can't. I can't. There's nothing I can say to that. It's a fact. And, so and you, you know what, Macri? Um, I, this morning I was actually watching the game seven from nineteen seventy when Willis Reed came out to play. Wow. What did they have that? What did the, is that? Was that on like NBA TV or something? No, no, no. I, I was, uh, I was looking on YouTube. I was oh, at, okay, cool. Looking at him, looking at, um, just, just looking at basketball back then. 
And I was just saying to myself, I was like, this is 50 years. This is 50, well, almost 50 yeah. years that this franchise has not, has not won. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, that's, that is, that is an I'm accurate like, statement. <laughs> I'm like, we have, we have to start winning. We have to start making it into the playoffs and we have to make, we have to turn around because we're not going to, we're not going to stay. I mean, I'm hearing people saying it even now, like, you know, okay, yeah, the garden, the garden, but it's not going to hold that weight anymore. Like the weight that's, you know, saying, oh, we're coming, we're going to the garden. It's actually really true for a lot of the other players and the other teams when they come to the garden, they're like, yeah, we're going to the garden and they come here to like show well, off like in our backyard or our front yard rather. <laughs> no, you but it's, it's, it's getting to, I think, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I yeah. want to say it's getting to a dangerous place because it's been, like you said, it's been twenty fucking years, and like I do think today's, even today's young players, they do still have a respect for what the garden could mean, um, because they hear it from the the basketball generation that quote unquote like raised them, um, but as you know the more time passes and the longer it goes, like that's going to even start to, to vanish. And like, I know, you know, you know, people, I, I hear you hear players say like, there's, there's still something about coming in and playing under those lights. And like, there, yes, there is something about the physical uh, makeup, I guess, of the building and like how, you know, it's just, there, there is something about that, the way it sits and the way that the, the, it's structured and all of that. And that, that is, but that, the weight that, as you said, you you said it better than me. That that can only go so far, um, and it's. Uh, I I'm curious what you think. Well, two more topics. I know you guys got to go soon, but so one is is Fizz, and that was the other thought that I had as you guys were talking. I it seems like Fizzdale, to me at least. I, I and we and granted we haven't heard him talk, but the impression that I get from just hearing things he said even last year is that he is on board with with what they did this summer. And he just wanted more talent in the locker room. Um, I think he's going to have as tough a job as any play, as any coach in the NBA, with the I, maybe the possible exception of of Frank Vogel, but that's almost its own category when you coach LeBron. Um, what do you guys think of like? What do you guys think of where Fizz is at? Like how he's going to be? Like, do you think he's up for this? Like, where where are you guys at on him? the whole front office Scott um, Fizz and Steve Steve <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking his name um, they seem to be very cohesive together and they seem to definitely have the same thought processes yeah. what, of what they want to do and the direction they want to go in Fizz I like him a lot and he definitely seems the players all seem to like him and he definitely seems to gel with them and understand how to get them to all uh, communicate well together what I need to see from him now is to see actual plays on the floor. So I, I, and, I, and I think that would be, the, that would be nice. Be nice. He needs that part of the direction. So I think his direction off the court is great. He's able to talk to them, kind of rally them up all together, and have them all want to, you know, be together, play together. But now I need to see that same thing translate onto actual plays that are happening on the court. Because yeah, that, because I don't always see that. Yeah, I mean, one thing we've said with Fizz from the jump is. I fully believe that being the coach of the New York Knicks is its own unique job. It's yeah. not a job. You know, Mike Budenholzer was someone I, I wanted and a lot of people wanted. However, you know, considering the media landscape and what it takes to 
be the coach of the New York Knicks. I do think Fizz is actually the right person for us right now. I think we needed someone to drag our, um, you know, our perception um, from the bottom, the dregs of the wine bottle to the top. I think he's the person <laughs> I like who's that. literally, you know, pulling us, and I know obviously Scott and Steve as well, but pulling us from the, the idea of this function, of this bad team environment, of this, this dark cloud hanging over. Fizz is a positive guy. He's happy. He talks to the media. He's playful with them. He's a guy for a young team, and he's going to get us from that, you know, the bottom of the standings level to like respectability. And I really got to commend him. Sorry to cut yeah. you off really quick, but I really got to commend him on how he handled the media after all of our losses. Because that takes a certain kind of personality to be able to go in front of the media and still talk well about your team and encouraging. Well, um, Chris um, Eisman said it to me on this podcast uh, towards the end of last year. He's like, I don't like there hasn't been one time where Fizz like snapped at a question or like was rude and even like the slightest like you're 100 percent. That's a great point. Yeah. And I think this is something that's lost on people sometimes that, you know, this is you know, just a switch topic to quick to RJ. RJ is someone who we talk about this. He's built for this. His mentality, everything fits New York so much. That even if you have a more talented player, they may fit, you know, more talented draft pick we could have gotten. I have a feeling RJ is going to be the right person for this mix. The same way I feel like Fisdale was the is and was the right coach, the right choice for where we are now. Now, will Fisdale be the guy to take us to a championship, or will he be like Mark Jackson, dragging, you know, helping drag Golden State from where they were to a point where maybe he hit a ceiling, and then someone else came in and could come in with the the tactics and the X's and O's like Kerr did to take them to the next level. Or will Fisdale develop as well? You know, he's really young, too. He's developing as a coach. So for me, I think right now, you know, we have a lot of people have issues about Fisdale's system and his coaching and maybe his favoritism at times. I think he has the right ideas, but I think his off-the-court stuff should not be diminished. And I think if we're going to become, I think he's the right coach right now. And I think as we grow, you know, it's going to be a, a multi-year process, especially now that we didn't get stars. You're really going to see the process play out. I really think he's the right guy for now. And I think if he's not, we're going to know I, we're going to know by the end of the season, actually, because we'll be able to see a lot of things, either some things carried over that are bad, or we did see that development of other things. I, I actually would go so far. I mean, I, look, I, every season is important, but there is something about this year, and I'm not saying this means that they need to go out and win, you know, whatever, 35 or 40 games. I, I, th- I actually think it has very little to do with the win total. I mean, they can't go out and win 17 again, but I, I would argue... This feels like the most important year that they've had in just I, I, a very, 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 very long time as a franchise for the exact reasons that you said. And and just on your RJ point, um, I'm trying to think of a good comp, and I'm I'm struggling to think of one where I think if this if things go well into the future for for the franchise. I don't think RJ is going to be the best guy on the team, but I feel like he's going to be the – what's that? Like, I was going to say, like, the leader. I, I can, I can, yeah, yeah, yes. I can see somebody being the star. You can see him being kind of like the captain. But him being the captain. Like the captain yes. Like, you, look captain at, the team. you look at Willis, Reed, and Walt. You know, you kind of had that between Willis, Reed, and Walt Fraser where, you know, you had one person. I mean, obviously, Walt was a big leader as well, but Willis was the captain. Um, I think – I can definitely see a scenario where RJ is the main media guy, you know, the one talking, the one leading the team may not be the, you know, the highest stats or anything, but definitely maybe the fan favorite. And maybe there's a better player on the team. But I think, you know, I think there's so much that goes into being successful at the NBA level that is not on the court. You know, it's, you know, 
um, I, I think because of Frank, we've thought about this a lot. You know, we've thought about the idea of, you know, Giannis is in Milwaukee. And not to compare Frank to Giannis directly, but, you know, Giannis has been able to grow slowly in a quiet environment with no pressure. Mm-hmm. And you look at guys like Frank and Knox who come to New York City and it's this insane level at the age of 19. And, you know, you wonder for someone's development, you know, and just off the court stuff, that stuff plays into it. So I think RJ is someone and I just love his mentality. I said this. I'm like, RJ's mentality and he, he's been groomed for this. That, to me, makes him the most exciting prospect for what we could have gotten. Versus someone with more talent, just because I think he's going to handle New York so much better than and, someone else. And to your point, I think, and I think they've even, they really have gone out uh, and said this, they're cognizant of the fact that it doesn't, getting the, not not to say that RJ or, or Knox, you know, weren't like the best, quote unquote, best player that they could have taken. But I think they, they realize that it's, it's meaningless if a guy can't deal with, um, like you said, the unique pressures that come with playing here. Um yeah, I, I I think he's yeah. RJ is is definitely gonna. They I'll, I'll say this. They can't. He needs to be the guy. I think that that we all hope he's gonna be for for this to go to go well. Um, which leads to my last question, which is, you you guys kind of just touched on it. Um, in talking about like the slow and steady growth that hopefully happens here. Do you think for this to truly turn around? And I I. I'm not sure exactly what even what would would qualify as truly ter- like I guess being a, a contender, a championship contender. Do you think that they could accomplish that just by like the slow and steady, like keep building, keep building, or do you think that there is going to need to be, um, like a monumental like they sign the biggest free agent of a given free agent class, or they get the first pick in the draft like next year or whatever, and they draft like a franchise-altering superstar. Do you think something like that is going to need to happen, or do you think that there's a chance that this could kind of happen organically to get us where we want to go? I I would say this. For me personally, I would prefer that it happens organically because it's just so much more a New York thing to like build and grow our own. I never wanted us to get that big, flashy player. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, I wanted us to get Zion. But I remember back when LeBron was supposed to be coming, I never wanted him to come here because I never wanted to see us just get this big star player and him be the person that takes us to the championships because then I always felt it would be like, oh, well, New York sucked, but then they got LeBron. Or it's then not our got- championship. It's his championship. And then, and then you know, they took us to the championship. So with yeah. KP... I was okay with that because we drafted him. Yeah. So that so that was that was still for me us building him. So right now, um, I, I still feel the same way. I would like to see us build and grow. Having said that, you know, you never know what ends up being out there and what we can acquire. But I kind of am not so much into that. Oh, get the big star and let him take us to the championship. Well, well I think after the summer too, I think kind of all Knicks fans were kind of away from that talk for a while. We don't want to hear anything about it. Let's just do this the right way. Well, quote unquote, the right way. Yeah. That said, I do think, and this is my, actually, if I have one criticism of Perry, is I want to, I feel like sometimes he has an itchy trigger finger. I think we saw it. Interesting. The first, um, uh, the, like a year ago, well, two years ago now, when he didn't really um, pull the trigger on the Courtney Lee or Kyle Quinn trades, when a lot of rumors came up on the deadline. Um, and I thought, you know, both their values ended up tanking. You know, Kyle Quinn ended up leaving to the Pacers and Courtney Lee, he got that injury. His whole value tanked after that. Oh, to completely. Um, and not that I wanted the AD trade, but also with the AD trade, you could tell we weren't too aggressive. But there's going to be a point where 
Scott Perry will have to make a decision because the fact is, um, you know, look, Frank Nilakina, Damian Dotson, Alonzo Trier, uh, Iggy Bresdakis, RJ Bad, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Dennis Smith Jr., all of these guys are not going to hit. There's going to be. I'm so. I'm, can I just say, I'm so happy you said that. And I, I like my PSA for every Nick fan this year is it's like you just want to get, I don't know, above a 50% hit rate on these young guys. Like you just like if more than half of them hit and and are are what they are supposed to be like that's is that's enough like and not all of them are gonna hit. I'm sorry, I just had yeah. to say that. And even if they did, you couldn't afford them at some point. So the truth <laughs> is, what's gonna point. happen is of that group. You know, I think we can pretty. Much, I think generally speaking, most of us feel like Mitch and RJ are gonna be the two to emerge as really good players from that group. I think Dennis Smith Jr. Big year for him. We're gonna see what happens there. Kevin Knox is kind of in this mid range. We're not sure what's gonna happen, but the truth is, at some point. A couple of those guys are going to get packaged for someone else. And that is not a bad thing. Um, you know, it, it's the fact that we're actually keeping draft picks. You know, we haven't re-signed one since Ward. But we're at least keeping draft picks, letting them go together, grow together, keep playing together. At some point, it'll become clear who should maybe not be here and can get a better player in or not. And that doesn't mean you blew up the whole thing. Blowing up the whole thing would have been what the old Knicks would have done this summer, which is traded the number three pick. Yep. Got, um, you know, signed Chris Middleton, traded for Chris Paul, stuff like that, and try to justify to fans that, hey, we're still fine. Look what we got. We're going to be a fourth seed. So let it grow. I, these guys are super young. I think at some point, it's just going to, everything's going to line up. You know, this last year, I think a lot of the trades that were available for superstars were probably a year or two too soon for where we were as a franchise. 100%. Yeah. Fans were, some fans were really upset. Like, oh, why aren't they doing this? Why are, you know, the Knicks don't like being good. But the truth is, and this is why I like about Perry, is that I think he knows we're not at that stage yet. But my hope is that when that stage does come, when that when that moment appears and it's it's time to, you know, the expiry date on a lot of this core is about to hit, I hope he can make that um, decision. And I think this, uh, you know, this trade deadline coming up is going to be huge because you have Dotson and Trier are both free agents. I don't think they're going to sign both of them, especially with RJ being a two. So I could definitely see one of them maybe leaving, you know, c- c- package with some, one of these free agents that we signed this year. So there's going to be, there are going to be trades, but I think the core, you know, whoever emerges from that will stay intact. And I think um, we'll love that as fans, you know, to see the guys like RJ or Mitch Knox stay with us. I was going to say the core. So so, my, yeah. so I, I understand that every year NBA teams change, right? You have new pieces come, new pieces come and go. Yeah. Um, my, you know, during the 2000 season, I remember when I wasn't really following that that closely. I would, my one complaint uh, to Terry would always be like, I was like, yeah, they change the team every year. Every year they change the team. You know, how are these guys going to learn to play together if every year they're putting new pieces in? So what I've understood now is that there are always going to be pieces changing, but if you have a core group that stays together, I think that's important. So it, yeah. Have those core people that work that, that can play together that know each other. I always think about you know if you have guys playing on a, on the street on the street court or the corner, if the same guys are playing all the time, they're gonna together with each other. They're gonna get better and better and better. And that's the thing that I haven't seen the Knicks doing. I um, got it. I'm, I'm hearing you guys talking the whole time. I'm thinking about like how that this this is gonna get really touchy this season in terms of there's just the minutes and there's not gonna be a lot of minutes to go around and. It's going to be so tough, um, which is why yeah. they they really Fizdale has this work cut out for them. Um, I because I don't think they're going to like. I, ju- I I I feel like I know this team, and I feel like even if they go into even if they're like finishing up camp, 
and Fisdale knows, like, all right, you know, um, I, I, you know, Dotson, just to pick a name out of the hat, like Dotson and Frank, like they're not going to be in the rotation to start the year. Um, I don't think they like trade them for whatever they could get. I think they keep them around and they, you know, hope that, you know, they're the competition like brings better play out of them. And, the, and, and that could go wrong. That could go really, really wrong. I've been telling people it can go very wrong this season. I think yeah. I think Perry does a job. I think he picked people who, even if they have a bit I, more of a volatile personality, I don't think he picked people that he even remotely thinks will you know break up the chemistry. A, a thousand but, percent, I agree with you. But listen, shit happens. And <laughs> yeah, when when you're, you're on the bed, I, I said this. You know, all these guys are excited, and everyone's talking. Man, Bobby Portis every day is talking about. 90s New York reminded me of Brandon Jennings a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do that. And I told my mom, I said, this sounds real good now. Sounds great. (laughs) Mid-January, and we're in the midst of a four-game losing streak, and someone in the city, some celebrities calling you to come party at One Oak and leave Westchester. And we're, you know, let's see how much that motivation plays in then. You know, I, I see for Fizz, in terms of just rotations, I actually see Fizz playing a deep rotation to start i think he's gonna want to please everyone and i know he likes the idea of like you try out you prove your worth so i actually could see like a 11 man rotation to start the season but i just hope you know fizz did this a lot last year you know just changing things not on a whim but felt like that at some times and i really really hope that he can like lock in on something and really stick with a plan but also remember injuries are going to happen i think a lot of people are ignoring the fact that a lot of people are going to pick up bumps and bruises along the way and some of the rotation might figure itself out oh people always get injured i mean Moutier was injured to start last season and and i guess the last thing i'll say before we finish up is um you know we like you you brought it up earlier you know people talk about culture and it's like it's it's kind of like a, a, a <laughs> the point about or the points that are made about culture are like caricatures of themselves at this point like we talk about it so much it's become such a a buzzword like what the hell does it even mean and it's like i keep going back to this idea like i don't know what it is but you know it when you see it and i i I, i'm sorry to anybody who gets annoyed when i do this but i i occasionally praise the nets on this show and i have to say the nets had 12 guys on their team last year who played um over a thousand minutes and i think it was pretty close to being 13 and you and that was because there would be nights where guys wouldn't play at all, and then they would, you know, they'd be out of the rotation for a bit, and then they would, you know, they would come back and be contributors later on in the year. And that that it it flew in that locker room, like they got it to fly, and that's like that's culture. Um, I, I think you know. Sorry, sorry, they got it to fly, and they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, um, like these guys were in the playoffs. They they made a big jump. They, but I don't even I don't even care if we make the playoffs. Then, I just like to have a situation where you get a guy, whether it's a young guy or an old guy or whatever, who doesn't play for five games, and like is is obviously he's not going to be cool with it, but like outwardly is like okay, this is all right, and because because of the leadership you have, like that's what I want to see this year. That's important to me. Yeah, yeah, that's that exactly. I think you know me. Everyone loves to hate on the Nets, and we can't stand them, of course. But I oh my god, I, I get infuriated by every time anybody you know talks about the whole thing that happened this summer. But continue. I know. But yeah, you got to give credit where credit's due, and I said this too. We've been bad for twenty years, and we've had kind of unmitigated rain over New York City. Even though the Nets going to have a little portion, it's not going to really affect the big Knicks fan base. I, I will say, I, at least the competition, I think, will keep the Knicks a bit sharper than they've been in the past because. 
you, you know, it didn't matter in 2005 if we sucked. Who's go- no, you know, I mean, there was nothing here. But listen, if, if KD comes back well and Kyrie's killing it, the Barclays will become a thing in some aspects. And I, I just feel like that pressure on the Knicks, hopefully, and I think it will, keep us a bit sharper as a franchise and, and not let us fall into some of the habits of the past and really have a serious long-term plan. So yeah. listen, competition works. Competition helps push you in life. It's a, it's a bunch of kale-eating hipsters over there. <laughs> I have to I have to see that place every day when I go to work when I get out of the train. Your school is like right, right there. Shadows. It's right Shadows. down the block. Oh. Macri, you gotta come um, if you can. You gotta try to if you can come to the Nets game with us this year at Barclays. I heard so I um I listened to your or I watched your schedule release episode. Um, by the way, I fully endorse uh, Terry. You getting tossed from the garden for belligerent um, public <laughs> drunkenness. For the KP return game, um, oh, that is gonna be a zoo. I, I like that's gonna. I can't even fathom what that game is gonna be like. It's gonna be interesting. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I I want to try to get to that game. There are a few games that I want to try to get to this year, and that's one of them. Um, all right. Um, I know you guys gotta go. I got a um, uh, an exciting day ahead. I'm, we're we're going to the Long Island Seafood Festival. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's what you know. It's what I mean, you do on a Saturday in Long Island. Eat, Jonathan. What'd you say? <laughs> You know you like to eat because we're going to talk about our little show. <laughs> well, oh yeah, shoot, that's a, that's how I wanted to end it. So, um, see, this is what happens when you get me off track to start the show is I never get back on track, and I completely <laughs> forget all the things that I want to talk about. So let's end here. You guys are premiering a new, sh- or I guess since we're this will be airing uh, on Monday, you guys have just premiered a new show on your YouTube channel. So why don't you talk about it? So the show is called Basketball Bites, and basically I've been in the restaurant business for a really long time, and so has Terry to some extent, and we actually own two restaurants, two fast food restaurants. We love basketball. We love to go out to eat. So we were like, let's combine the two things. Let's do basketball and food. Talk to some, talk to some Knicks fans, Knicks content makers like yourself, and we had you on. On is our first guest, so we're really excited to premiere that. It's uh, well, it's going to be the day before this. It's going to be. It's going to be. Well, you would have, It will be out by the time you're hearing this. It's coming out Sunday morning. Um, and for us, you know, you were amazing first guest. By the way, could not have picked a better person yeah. to Thank be loved. Thank, Thank you. But you know, we, it's a big part of our lives, food and basketball, and it's a fun thing to put together. And we, you know, you spoke. You spoke earlier about the kind of content we like to do. We obviously love doing the game stuff at the garden, the analysis, but um, we, we we have fun in many other ways. So for us, having a show centered around food and basketball is uh, we're really excited to keep expanding it and growing it. And we're, we're so happy you did the first episode, man. It, it's, I, it's coming great. I just have one question. Did me eating the shark burger make it into the final uh, cut? I think it's the whole video. I think it's just you eating <laughs> Actually, I don't think there's anything going on. It's just like a clip of you eating for 20 minutes. So, so that's. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, that shark. After you guys left that day, there was a few more bites of the shark burger left. I went to town and I finished that thing. Um, that was oh god, that was delicious. Yeah, listen, well, uh, for us too. You know, we want to get the restaurant out there as well. You know, we have we, we like our food. We think it's good. So um, the guests. Who come it it on, is good. I can I can vouch for that. It is. So good. Good, good, good. good. We actually, uh, next week, Saturday, Todd Gibson is doing uh, an event, like a family day event, I think in his old neighborhood here in Brooklyn. Okay. And we're actually going to be donating some wings there. So if anyone wants to come and try out some of our food, that will be at Todd Gibson's event next week, Saturday. That yeah, is check out Todd's Saturday Memorial Day weekend, right? 
or Labor uh, Day weekend. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you heard it here. Um, I um, maybe I can make my way out there. I'd love to. That sounds like an awesome time. Um, I think I read something about that too. Um, that yeah. he was that wait, he was wait, doing wait. that. Send it to you. It's it's uh, right downtown Brooklyn. I'm trying to find out exactly where. Just uh, check his Instagram. Anyone listening? Because uh, he posts he's posting about it constantly. It's next week Saturday. It's like a little drive for kids. Yeah, it's like a back to school basketball bash. I actually have the information here. So it's a back to school basketball bash, and it's happening at the Ingersoll Houses, which is at 16 Fleetway, Brooklyn. It's actually literally. When you get off the uh, the Manhattan Bridge, it's like right there. Yeah, that's and he's he's from uh, Fort Greene, so yeah, that makes that makes sense that it's right there. Um, awesome. So that's something to look forward to. Um, the show Basketball Bites again um, on your YouTube channel. Um, something else to look forward to. I I just um, you know I want to thank you guys for doing what you do and for for coming on. I'm excited. Uh, I also am excited for the year ahead for the Knicks, but I'm excited to see where where you guys go from here. I just um, I love original stuff, and there's I, I really don't think there's anybody doing anything that is um, as original as what you guys put out. So um, I, I, I think I already just told people where they could find you, but if, do you want to say again where people could find you? So on uh, – thanks again for that praise, Macri. You're buttering us up. Hi, uh, listen, you're good, man. You're good I think you want some more food. <laughs> yes, that is what I want. I want more food. I think every episode of Basketball Bites is going to be Macri eating burgers. Um, <laughs> So you can check us on YouTube at NYK Terry and Trey, T-E-R-R-Y, T-R-A-Y. On uh, Twitter, it's at NYK Terry and Trey. And same thing on Instagram. Um, but yeah, we're, I post a lot on Twitter. I get into some dumb fights on Twitter so you can see me making a fool of myself over the Knicks. Uh, but on YouTube, you know, we have a lot of fun things you want to do this season, collaborating with other people, putting out some cool events for people, stuff like that. So we, we, we really just bring fun to the idea of being a Knicks fan. But also we will talk about what's going on, you know, critically when we have to. And we'll, we'll be crazy fans when we have to as well. Um. Trey, I'm waiting for the show where you give viewers tips on, um, like, I don't know, skincare or, like, self-care <laughs> so other people uh, can right. look as good as you. Almond oil. Almond oil. That's it. I use almond, almond oil? oil. On, on my face, I use almond oil. Yep. I don't know what the hell that is, but I'm going to go out and buy some right now. Yeah, it's, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's a natural oil made from almond, I guess, from almond I've been bugging out the last few weeks. I, I, I'm starting to get some gray hairs, and it's it's not. Um, I'm not happy about it. I'll just say oh, that. I have them. I definitely have them. Well, <laughs> uh, oh, good. Jonathan, thanks for inviting us to the first episode of your season, uh, season two. Yes. That's yeah, we have to do that. Two. And I listen to you in the car all the time. Like ah, it's nice. it's great for me to um you know listen to what you guys are talking about, and uh, yeah, I have fun doing that too. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Um, go, everybody listening, please go subscribe to their YouTube channel. It is um, you won't be disappointed. I promise you that. And it, it's the the production quality. I will. The last plug I'll give you guys: the production quality is really high on the stuff you make. It's like oh, cool. uh, it's it's high. It's very very high quality. So um, keep doing that. And uh, everybody out there listening, um, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Next Film School podcast. We will be back with you with another episode, I'm sure, before too long. But until then, um, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Good evening.